0: welcome to the mark podcast i am here with my co-host kelly king hey kelly hey elizabeth even though we're here together we're not here together right yes it is um kind of we're recording from two different places it's kind of like the old days in early covid you know when we're just talking via Mm -hmm. zoom well not zoom but You know, that's technical. But anyway, we are here. We're so excited because we are here with one of our favorite people, Scarlett Hildevital. Hello, Scarlett. Hi, I love you guys. (laughs) Oh, we love you too. I miss you. I know. And speaking of, you've been on the podcast a couple of times before, and we'll link to those in the show notes, but a lot has changed in your life since then. So tell us about yourself and your family and what's (laughs) going on with you these days. Yeah, you guys everything has changed um so okay
1: we i think last time i was on the podcast we were still in the midst of our pretend farming experiment in middle tennessee is that right yeah in, yeah that was, yes. that's right um i am a city girl i was actually born in pasadena i grew up a lot of the time in los angeles and so it's funny i kind of feel like i'm home we just moved to southern california um what two, two months ago um, Brandon, who is kind of a long story, but he did ministry with Eric Geiger, who I know you guys know. Um, yes, I don't know if you listeners know. I, I don't want to forget that I'm talking to listeners as well. Um, <laughs> but they did ministry together <laughs> in Miami. We moved to Nashville. Um, Brandon worked with Eric again at Lifeway, and then Eric um, he went back to full time ministry here in Southern California. And here we are. Basically, we just follow the Geiger's all over the country is our is our life plan. <laughs> um wow. so yeah, we're out here and it's really strange and wonderful and I feel kind of like I'm back home in a way, but also I say y'all now because I lived in Nashville for 10 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, the southernness rubbed off on me. Anyway, so yeah, we're out here. I'm recording from an Airbnb because our um, home is not ready yet. It's being tented for termites before we move in. And so, you know, we're all just kind of crammed together in our second Airbnb since we've moved. Um, so it's been an adventure. And let's see, uh, you asked about my family. So I've got the three little girls. They're 10, 8, and 6 now. Um, and they are sitting with our two bunny rabbits, who are the only animals that came with us to California from <laughs> from the Middle Tennessee farm. Um They're living in the Airbnb with us, Um, married to Brandon, who is now pastoring full time out here. Um, And my ministry, I've written some books. I just um, recently, well, we're releasing the Bible study, which I know we're going to talk about. And um, mostly I've just been, you know, trying to feel settled in an unsettled time lately. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, you know, definitely your life is kind mean, of, you, you're kind of living in a time where anxiety could be high. And it's definitely something we've all dealt with. I was concerned about the bunnies. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know if the bunnies were going to make it to California, but I'm really glad to hear that the bunnies
1: were there. Let me just tell you a tidbit, listeners. If you ever need to fly cross country with bunnies, I did the research for you. <laughs> Don't worry. Here's what you do. You have to find this little uh, airline called Frontier and it's based in Colorado. And they allow you to fly with bunnies. <laughs> so I did all this research. We are like, we will get the bunnies to California. Um, so we spent a long time on a layover in Colorado Airport. But we got them here.
0: So, yeah. That's awesome. I know that's what well, uh, makes sense the sense listeners the are here for. <laughs> frontier Airlines. Yeah, the Frontier is going to be welcoming to animals. <laughs> that makes sense to Yes,
2: me. It does make sense, doesn't it? Frontier, the, the airline that's, you know, animal friendly or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Well worked out. Well, Well, we we have talked to you a few times about like living with anxiety and looking at our fears from a biblical perspective. So your new Bible study, which is called anxious, there's one for women and one for teens. And we want our listeners like, what can they expect from the study? And what are you kind of hoping for those who
1: who do it? Well, um, I'm, I'm so excited about it, you guys. So, you know, I've been on here before to talk about my first book, afraid of all the things um, which was just basically my testimony um, memoir of living with anxiety and how the Lord showed me how to, you know, not be a slave to my fears. So it was more of a testimony sharing. And this is, you know, it's a Bible study. So, man, it was a, it was such a different experience putting it together and getting to work with the Lifeway Women team. You guys are so amazing. Um, but, you know, I felt more like a student than a, than a writer in a lot of ways. Um, I just basically what you can expect is, you know, it's eight sessions, there is video teaching for each session, and I just, I took a look at different people in the Bible, um, and the scary things they went through, and what we can learn from them, you know, from their failures, and from their faith, and, um, and just the the main thing, it's, it's called anxious, and then the subtitle is fighting anxiety with the Word of God, because I always tell people, like, I, I am not one of these um, people who, is like I've got it all together. Follow me. This is like my active uh, battle that I have learned how to fight with God's word, and I still struggle. And but now I'm not a slave to it, you know. So so that's that's what the Bible study is. There's there's that. There's you know David and Esther and these people. And then the last few sessions are just very practical, like how to. Um, there's one session on how to fight with God's word, and then there's a session about fighting in community. They're fighting exactly. Um, God's word. And then there's another one of prayer. So it was really um, wonderful and hard <laughs> to, uh, to put it together. And I'm just really excited to be able to offer this, you know, practical um, way to fight. Oh, I don't know. There you go.
0: Yeah, and I think you may have kind of answered it a little bit, but one of the things Mm -hmm. we were going to ask you about is, you know, you wrote a book on this. You wrote two books, actually, for teens and adults. And so why did you choose to write a Bible study as well? Like, what is the kind of difference? Because we have a lot of people ask us, like, do I need the book or do I need the Bible study, especially when it's, you know, by the same person along the same subject line? So why would you say that you wrote a Bible study and who would choose to do that versus Not like who would choose to do that, but why would you choose to do a Bible study over a book or vice versa? Yeah,
1: great question. Okay, so I'd say, and of course, this is colored by when I open my purse now, sand falls out of it because I just moved to California. But I'd say like, afraid of all the things, like take it to the beach because it's like, like I said, it's stories from my life. It's like my story and how God intervened and rescued me. And, you know, um, so that's the trade book. That's afraid of all the things. This is, you have a workbook, and um, it's way, I mean, of course, I do write about my life in it in chunks in every session, but it's way more um, looking at the lives of the people in God's Word, and also just um, looking at and um, being encouraged to start rhythms in your life where you're, you know, using God's Word, not as a, okay, I'm going to, here's my new medicine, is God's Word is my prescription for feeling better, but just, recognizing that when you are immersed in God's Word and you're studying it, um, and you're remembering the truth of what we Christians believe, you know, we believe that Jesus has defeated um, the scary things and that we are safe in the most important ways. (laughs) Even though we can't be safe in this world, um, you know, the more time you spend um, in Scripture, the more that, you know, the more the Lord uses that in your life. So, I would just say, you know, the, the Bible study is it's designed to do in small groups, so you know, get your neighbors or your your people together and watch the videos and do the um, the personal study throughout the week. And it's just it's just kind of leading you with questions. And you know, there's fun things. There's like uh, graphs. <laughs> some of them are like funny, and some of them are serious, um, where you can just kind of you know, it's it's not self evaluating, but it is just being your struggles and just learning where to take them and being reminded of um, the good news that we get to live with.
2: Absolutely. Well, one of the things I love about this study, and uh, for those of you who are thinking about purchasing a study, or there's something new about this one that we haven't really done, but um, all of the videos are included with, when you purchase the Bible study book. And so everyone has access to Scarlett's videos. And I think that's going to be so helpful. Um, so we're really excited about that. And I do want to ask you though, like I know there's a teen version, for teen girls. And so I think that there are a lot of moms who listen to our podcast and they may be raising a child who really deals with anxiety. So what kind of advice would you give for a parent that's maybe
1: raising an anxious child or teen? Well, um, I definitely have advice on this. And I I feel I always preface any advice I give with like, all my advice is borrowed advice. Like My best advice to someone is advice someone gave me that I found worked, you know, whether it's from older, wiser moms, or, you know, God's word leading me to see some truth that I can apply to my life. So I'll preface it with that. Um, And I'll just say this without getting too personal. So, you know, I'm very open about my own struggle with anxiety. I am not open with the particulars of my children's struggles, of course, because those are their stories to share someday if Mm -hmm. they want to. But um, I do have more than one of my three daughters who does struggle with their own own particular difficult form of anxiety. And so um, it started years ago. And before I was writing about and speaking about and studying anxiety, um, you know, I was just parenting and I remember... This conversation I had with a friend, and this is the advice I give people, but I was so upset because I felt guilty and responsible as I was, like, seeing my child suffer in this way that I suffer and thinking, oh, she, I, I passed this down to her. She lives with me. Like, she sees this in me, and now she's suffering, mm-hmm. and I felt so bad about it, and um, I was talking to my wonderful friend Katie, and she was like, Scarlett, just look at it this way. What? Like, we all our broken people struggle, what a gift that you so can empathize and understand the struggle of your child with God's word. You can disciple your child and just look at this as a gift and help her. And that was so huge for me. And so, I mean, I think that applies to anxiety or anything, because one, it's encouraging for those of us who have a child who struggles the way we do, because it's like, okay, am I a perfect mom? No, I can't be, but that's not my job anyway. That's what Afraid of All the Things was basically about that. Um, was about more good advice I got about how our goal as humans um, should not be to be the best human. It's to point to the best, the the wonderful God that loves us and forgives us. So um, I would say that to, to moms who are anxious, um, who are raising kids who are anxious. And then I would say to moms who do not understand anxiety at all and they're like, I'm not anxious, that is not my struggle. Like, you know, I have, you know, one of my kids in particular, I'd say, battles things I do not understand because those are just not my particular struggles and so that's a whole different thing um and I think that that hopefully I'm hoping that this study if like you know there's a mom version and or a women's version and a teen version it can be something whether or not you're both struggling with it it can um lead you deeper into God's word and give you compassion for those struggles that you might not understand um because you know it's like The more you look at the life of Jesus, the more you look at the struggles of people in the Old Testament, you know, and just this merciful God who keeps on forgiving, um, the more compassion grows in you because, you know, God tells us, and it's true, that when we walk with Him, He's transforming us into His image um, with ever-increasing glory. Is that how that verse goes? I don't know where it is. Um, One degree to the next. So, that's what I would say. Yeah. I love that and I
0: think that's so encouraging because I know there like anxiety has been something that I've struggled with my whole life as well and it's something that my mom has not really struggled with. So I think that she would have loved to have this like equipment <laughs> when she was raising me because she didn't understand it. Um and so I think like like you said even if you personally are not an anxious person or don't feel that like you're an anxious person, but your teen is struggling with it. How beautiful is it that you can go through these this Bible study together and you can learn to empathize and learn to um, maybe see the world through their eyes in a way that just um, increases your compassion and your mercy and grace for your child. And I know um, even if it's not your child, but you know, you're a Sunday school teacher or whatever, because I know the statistics are saying that teens these days are so much more anxious um, than they have been in the past, especially after 2020 and all that that meant for, you know, high school age kids. Um, And so I think this is coming at just the right time and will be so helpful for anyone who works with teenagers, um, as well as, you know, women everywhere, because we are all probably more anxious than we have been in the past, thanks to the world um, as in 2020 and beyond. Um, So yeah, so I appreciate that a ton. And thank you for writing for both the mom and the teen.
1: It was a joy to put together because like I said, it's, it's a battle I fight. So I really was grateful as I was praying for and thinking about, you know, people I don't know who might do this study. It was also so good for me. <laughs> so.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of kids, and we know that one of your children, Joy's adopted from China and she's deaf. And I, I, we just, I mean, Elizabeth and I both follow you on Instagram and we, we love the times that Joy's like teaching us little things or just how she communicates. And so we just thought it might be interesting. Like, did you and Brandon, like try to learn sign language before you adopted Joy or like, how was that to, to kind of expand your family with, with learning a new language?
1: So, I never, like, interacted with a deaf person before we entered into the adoption process. It was definitely, and I know all things in life are God things, you know, but it was definitely a God specifically leading us not only to this specific need, but also this specific girl who needed to communicate in this way. And so, you know, when you adopt and I'm sure I've shared some of this before, but when you adopt the first thing you fill out is a special needs consideration list and it's needs of full needs you've never even thought of. Um and so we're going through and you have to check yes, no, or may consider. And I remember pre going into the adoption process, that form just get the thought. Could you possibly choose yes or no? You know, like it just it just feels strange, but when God called us to walk into that we just you know the fear went away and we just both felt yes to deafness not knowing anything about it but we were working that was so good to prepare us protocol in place for whatever need you felt open to and we checked yes to more than one need but um but it was pretty quick after we said we were willing to do that that we came across joy's file so we knew she was deaf we knew she was born without ears, um, and she had no communication, and so, um, you know, we had this checklist of things that our agency had us do, like visit a deaf church and take a sign language class, and so it was so cool. I mean, God, (laughs) He's so real and active in our lives when we are paying attention and seeking Him, you know, and it was like every little detail that could have, I mean, it could have been the scariest season ever, but He was so, like... We did this class, um, so we're in the adoption process at this point. We went to a language class and kind of hard because it was a big class. We couldn't really ask questions. And then some um, sign language interpreting school heard what we were doing and gave gifted us with six months of free one-on-one family tutoring, like college course style um, sign language class. So for six months before we even met Joy, we would take Ever and Dewey and they were little We would sit on the floor of this place with our books and, you know, learn, and it was so great, it was so fun to do as a family, and so we did that before we met her, and we continue to learn now, you know, but it's been harder, honestly, the last year or so, because Joy's getting older, so she's eight now, and it's like, there were so many, so much, there was so much to her healing and growing, but now it's like she's getting to this age where she has less that she struggles with, but she's starting to notice, like, oh, everyone around me can speak and hear, um, and I communicate differently. So it's been more of um, emotionally challenging um, navigating mm-hmm. through that. But yeah, we—I mean—we're a little bit lazy with our signing now because she's had all these surgeries and she has a hearing aid, and she can hear now. And so, you know, it's amazing, and she really. If she tried to talk to you, you could understand a lot of what she's saying. So she does try to vocalize, but she can't really speak in a way that people can understand. So it's been a gift to our whole family and a challenge and something that
0: reminds us how loved we are for sure by God. That is awesome. And um, I love, yeah, like Kelly said, learning through y'all. The little words of the day and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I got to get back to that, don't I? (laughs) I'm a slacker.
1: Like sign of the year, sign of the month. (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, so you have a new book you're working on. You're the worst person in the world. And um, that is the title. I'm not calling Scarlett the worst person in the world. So tell us about that new book.
1: Um, yes, I'm really excited about this new one. It's, You're the Worst Person in the World, and the subtitle is Why It's the Best News Ever, that you don't have it together, you aren't enough, and you can't fix it on your own. So, this is not a Bible study, this is another trade book, so another one to take to the beach, I would say. <laughs> um, but basically, it's, it's similar to Afraid of All the Things, and that it's stories from my life, and of felt like, um, now I've never been Catholic, but like, kind of felt like sitting in a confessional booth and just sharing a lot of, a lot of times I've been the worst in a lot of different ways, Um, but all just pointing to, um, you know, the rest that we can find on the other side of that realization. Um, You know, I think we live in this culture now that's like, you're the best, you can do it, um, you're enough, and you know, we know ourselves, and so, and you know, read the book of Romans, Romans 3, like, we're all sinners. And, you know, Paul said he's the chief of sinners. And so basically the whole point is um, acknowledging our worstness can get us to that place of repentance and realizing um, that it's not about us and it's not about um, how the best we can be. It's about worshiping the one who loves us. And so, um, yeah, that's the new book. I'm excited. That's so fun.
2: I mean, I think it's going to be good. And I, I think about you know, when you mention Paul, I think Paul that does um he kind of goes from you know, I'm an apostle, whatever, but it almost is like the more that he is knows Christ and the more he knows about himself, he's just like i am the I'm the worst <laughs> you know and I think we we almost come to that realization of like we have to recognize our own sin to accept to just rest in the grace and the goodness of God. that's
1: so huge. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. I think that something that held me back for years in my walk with Jesus was like thinking, okay, I have to acknowledge for all of sin and I have to repent, but then just kind of switching over to, okay, I'm going to try my best. And you can so easily lose that humility that comes from knowing your status before a holy God, you know, you so easily lose that as a believer, if you get focused on your own performance. And so I think, you know, I think, it can be taken to an extreme in a bad way where you are just being self-deprecating and focused on your yourself um still whether it's your bestness or your wor- worstness um but you know yeah paul had it right it's like the the closer you get to the lord the more you walk with him you just see who you really are and how weak you are and how needy you are and just kind of staying in that place is is the key <laughs> to um in my experience so far in my 35 years yeah it,
2: just really, um, it, yeah it definitely gives us that dependency on the lord too and i think that's really that's something we all need to be reminded of and you know we we tease you about the title but you have like the best titles and fun covers for your books and bible studies and stuff and so like how do you get to there like do you have a process of kind of landing on those do you kind of know what you want to start with or does someone help you get there
1: um thank you kelly Okay, so I'd say most of the titles happened all the same way until this one. And it's a really fun story that I like to tell um, because it was so different. But the other titles, honestly, I don't even remember how afraid of all the things, how that came to be. I know that a lot of chapters were based on blogs that I wrote back when blogs were. <laughs> um, and so I know that usually when I'm writing articles and stuff, the title is just something that I come up with last. Um, you know, I write the thing and then I just throw the title on it. But, um, and you know, he numbered the pores on my face. That was a blog. I don't, I don't know, man. I just, I don't remember how I came up with those. Now you're the worst person in the world was different. Um, so this was the only time I've ever experienced this where the title came before, even literally before the idea. Um, and it wasn't my idea. So I have this friend who I've already mentioned, Katie, the one who gave me that great advice about parenting, um, or that great encouragement. And she's like, we call each other Buzz, short for bosom from short for bosom friend from Anna Green Gables, because <laughs> 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 we're bosom friends. Um and I share all the details of my life with her. And she shares all of hers with me. And so when I had my first book coming out, of course, she was like so supportive and excited. And I was just uh, you know, sending her every detail of like, you know, the the book cover and the title, the subtitle and you know it's so fun when you when a book comes out, you get to like tell them your idea for the cover, and you know the color scheme and the idea, and then a real good artist designer you know sends you some options. And so we were I was choosing between different color schemes and designs for the first book, and I sent them all to my friend Katie. Not, like funny stories, but also serious um, about fighting anxiety. But it had like a syringe on it, I think, and fangs, and it's like all these, like scary images, um, and the cover ended up being this mustard color, but one of the options was this dark, like, blood red. And so I had sent them to Katie, and I was like, what do you think of the red one? And she um, she was like, Scarlett, I'm so excited about this book. And honestly, I mean, I know you're not going for scary, and this cover's a little bit scary. Like, I'm kind of scared when I, <laughs> when I look at it. Um, but honestly, I'm so excited. Like, if you just had a book out that was just, like, a white book, and all it said was, you're the worst person in the world, I would still be so excited about it. And I just laughed really hard and I thought it was just a funny idea to have a Christian book on a coffee table that just said, you're the worst person in the world. Um, so that was like during afraid of all the things. And so then I started thinking about it. So th- that's the only title that ever where it was like, I there was no idea. There was just this title. Um, and then I just started thinking about, you know, our depravity and like the subject of depravity. It's such a countercultural thing to believe that we're broken, weak humans, you know, that's like goes against everything we're told now in this world. Um, And so I just thought about how much peace it's brought me to recognize that and live in that. Um, So yeah, for that one, the title was just my friend Katie, Katie's little joke. And (laughs) I was like, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that if that's okay. (laughs) So it's been really fun to send her all this stuff about that.
0: That's the best story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You have three little girls. So tell us, what is something funny that they recently did?
1: Okay. This is kind of an ongoing funny thing that keeps happening, but I'm just not stopping it because it makes me laugh every time. So um, I told you guys in the beginning, we just moved to California. It has definitely awakened some old fears of mine. And I've definitely been fighting anxiety about things I haven't fought anxiety about in a while. Just, you know being in a new place and I don't remember if I said this while we were recording or not but we're still living in Airbnbs you know we're not settled we're settling soon 16 days from this moment to be exact who's counting um but you know it's been both such a huge exciting wonderful blessing but also just um kind of scary and like learning learning the area where we live you know it's like you don't know a place until you live there and so one of the first things we did was you know there's all these parks where we live and so we were visiting parks and i think it was the first park we went to and of course we live pretty close to the beach so like there's sand and it's like a beach theme park um and my daughters were like can we take our shoes off and i was like sure you know we're at the beach it's great um and so they take their shoes off and immediately this parent walks up to me and is like hey i wouldn't let you i wouldn't have you let your kids take their shoes off because there have been, um, you know, used drug needles found in the sand of this park. And so I'm oh, like, oh, okay, great. That's not scary at all. Um, so I'm like, okay, put your shoes on, girls. And it's like a nice, great park. There's, it, I did not feel unsafe at this park. But, you know, it's just like I'm not on the farm in Middle Tennessee anymore. I'm in a city now yeah. in California. Um, and so it's so funny. So I don't know if they overheard me. We're very open communicators in my house, um, but I I said, I said something like, put your shoes on. You know, there have been needles here. I didn't explain what that meant, but somehow it became the Needle Park. So it has a name, but it's so funny oh, no. to hear my six-year-old be like, hey, mommy, can we go to the Needle Park today? And it's just like this thing now, the Needle Park. Um, it's like, oh, well, which park do you want to go to? How about the Needle Park? And so I'm like, I don't think I'm going to... I think we're going to keep it the Needle Park because it just... It makes me smile, you guys. I don't know if that's bad parenting, but
0: (laughs) the needle part. I love it. And I think um, if people don't already, they definitely need to follow you on Instagram because you get to know those three little girls that you talk about. And they are hilarious, like all the time. They're constantly saying funny things. And it is a good, Scarlett's an excellent follow. So we'll link to her Instagram in the show notes as well.
1: They're so sweet. They're super funny. They're funny. (laughs)
2: They are. They're so funny. Okay, so Scarlett, you, you've been on the show before. We know you've answered our question about what has marked you, but because the last year, last couple of years, you know, been a little different, maybe you could share with us, maybe what has marked you recently in your walk with Christ?
1: Recently? Um, I mean, most recently, like as of right now, the weird thing has been, um, I have been so first of all, I think this kind of started in 2020. And I bet you guys, I bet anyone listening can relate. It's like life went from one thing to another thing really quickly. It kind of just slowed mm-hmm. down, you know. Um, and so that was already happening in 2020 where I was like the world, rest of the world adjusting to just this, this new way, this new pace of life. Um, I think that something that can become sinful in my life is just like going after things and getting so busy and feeling like accomplishing things or you know checking things off a list gives me worth and value even though I know the truth that I am valuable just because I am a child of God and that's the truth I don't have to do anything or earn anything Um, but it's definitely a pattern I can fall into so I would say I was already um, man the Lord was so kind to just blow my life down and you know I started studying the Bible in a way I never had where instead of you know of course I believe in having a plan and a guide, but and I do, I also do plans and guided things, but just um, having personal time with Him where I'm just like slowly working through the whole Bible from the beginning, taking notes and not timing myself or putting an expectation, you know? But I started doing that, I think I started doing that in 2020. I'm in Second Chronicles now, but like just the action of reading through slowly um, without pressure has just, I've gotten to know God in just such a different way and that's been so good for me to just slow down and and do that. So that was already happening, but then we moved and oh my goodness, you guys, like, I don't know if you've ever had a season like this. It has been the weirdest thing, but like my ministry and my work is completely deadline driven. So I travel and speak sometimes, which really slowed down in 2020. Um, but you know, it's like writing and editing, and stuff like that. And so the last five years have been really crazy deadlines, lots of stuff. And then it all, I turned in, these two manuscripts within a couple of months and it was like nothing on the agenda and then we moved across the country you guys we have no home to like keep up no like not very many people we know very well and it was like I just have this blank calendar and I really struggled for the first few weeks of being here with like feeling worthless and being like I (laughs) have nothing to do today and the Lord reminded me what a gift this is like of course I'm gonna long for these days when I'm busy again you know because we all have busy seasons but it's like what a gift that I can just like take my time and read through his word and talk to my kids in an unhurried way and be like, what do you let's go to the needle park today? <laughs> you know, it's like, let's spend all day <laughs> at the needle park, you guys. And it's just like that's a gift and that's important. It's not not important just because nobody sees it except the people I live with, you know, like discipling. I know there's probably a lot of moms who listen to this podcast. It's like it's so easy to forget that like discipling our kids and answering the hard questions and showing them how to fight with God's Word and study the Bible is like there's nothing more important than that and or there's nothing more important than just sitting by yourself and nobody is expecting you and you don't have an agenda and you're just being with God and reading His Word. I've been in you know I told you Second Chronicles and I have my Bible open to this because it's like new things hit me it's like if you're just like flipping through and opening Second Chronicles you'd be like what am I reading this is weird it's a different (laughs) culture but like looking at all these kings and God's people and them failing and him being so merciful over and over, I came across this verse that I had never noticed before and it's about um, Judas King Amaziah. I don't know how to say it, but it's Second uh, Chronicles twenty five two, and it says he did what was right in the Lord's sight but not wholeheartedly. And like stuff like mm-hmm. that, that it's mm-hmm. like I could just breeze over verses like that and then I, you know, y- you read about his life and these ways he failed, but it's like, man, y- you know, I just... I, I lived so much of my life hurried before the last year or two that um, I think I just missed so much. So what God, God is marking me in this moment by just reminding me that I am completely worthy only because of Him, and I get to enjoy Him, and that's that's a gift. And so I don't know if that was a long answer, but that's where I'm at.
0: No, <laughs> oh, I love that. And I mm-hmm. think... Um, Probably Second Chronicles is often skipped over in a lot of our reading plans. Um, so I appreciate that you um, talked about how God is still speaking through these lives of these kings that it is confusing. And sometimes it's hard to figure out what in the world, like, why was this thing all included? And so I think, um, yeah, it's just testament to the word being living and active and um you know, it shows us who God is, even the weird passages. So yeah. I appreciate you talking about that for sure.
1: Interrupted you.
0: Yeah. I
1: forgot to say why that meant something to me because I thought how, how op- you know, it's like I was convicted by that, which, you know, I skip. Oh, it's like easy to skim over these kings and what they did because it's like, okay, they built with this kind of wood and this many, you know, what is this? Mm-hmm. How do I apply this to my life? But just the fact that God can use, that sin in him that nobody else saw like in that moment he did what was right in the lord's sight like what a personal convicting thing like how often do we as christians do that like we're doing the right step but not in our, with our whole hearts and god sees that you know so anyway that's i love the old testament
0: yeah and i uh, think yeah. that's especially true what you talked about with like rest and everything i think there's a lot of people feeling that and and also feeling like um as it, as we kind of come out of this uh, worldwide season of rest, in some ways, like you know, maybe some anxiety or some um, fear that we didn't use the rest wisely, or or things like that. I know just with conversations with friends, I've definitely had that, and so I think we just need to, um, like you said, just remember that God made us to rest and he um definitely is can work through those seasons of our lives as well even when we don't we maybe didn't accomplish um as much from an outwardly view but did we do you know what was right in the lord's sight and did we do it with our whole hearts um and there's definitely grace for when we did not so um yeah thank you for sharing that
1: thank you guys i love well, talking to you <laughs> so,
2: thank you so much for being a guest today this has been so fun to talk to you and just to you know like I said even though we didn't get to see much of you in the last year because of COVID and stuff we at least we really miss you now that you're on the other side of the country but I know that you're going to be such a blessing to the people at Mariner's Church
1: miss you guys too um yeah it's just nice knowing that you guys are nearby but yeah it's been so great to talk to you I'll see you next week just kidding (laughs) I love talking to you (laughs) every time (laughs) I know. Well, it won't be the last time you're on for sure. Okay, good.
2: (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thanks, listeners, for joining us today. And we hope that you come back next week. Bye.
0: Be sure to grab a copy of Scarlett's new Bible study, Anxious, to learn how to fight anxiety with God's Word.
2: Plus, when you purchase the Anxious Bible study book, you'll also get access to eight video teaching sessions from Scarlet. Simply follow the instructions printed in the back of your Bible study book to redeem your unique code and access the video content.
0: You can view a free sample of the study book, clips from the teaching videos, and more at lifeway.com anxious.
2: join in on the conversation you can find us on twitter and instagram at kelly B. king and at E.B. hindman use the hashtag March podcast
0: to connect with us you can also find lifeway women on all social media channels at lifeway women all of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.comslash podcast if you love the show leave an itunes review it's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast we'll see you next time